To combat wasted time and energy in meetings, Bezos developed the two-pizza rule, one that helps him schedule only worthwhile meetings. Despite the rule's name, there's no real pizza involved. The rule means that Bezos will not schedule or attend any meetings where two pizzas can't feed the entire group. Essentially, the more people in a meeting, the higher potential for a dramatic decrease in productivity. Reduce the size of your next meeting. Pizza is optional. Today's Super You podcast is going to be a clip again from my new book, The Focus Project. So feel free to check it out. It means the world to me if you got a copy from Amazon. But without further ado, here's a clip from The Focus Project. Warren Buffett's Circle of Competence. How did Warren Buffett, living in Omaha, become the richest man in the world? By keeping it simple. Buffett learned from his mentor early on the two rules to focus on when investing. Number one, never lose money. Number two, don't forget rule number one. In a televised documentary on HBO called Becoming Warren Buffett, Buffett explains the secret to his success. There's a book by arguably the greatest baseball hitter to ever live, Ted Williams. The book is called The Science of Hitting. In the book, Williams has the strike zone broken into 77 squares with a picture of him at bat. If he waits for the pitch in his sweet spot, he'll bat 400. Whereas, if he has to swing at the lower corner, he'll bat 235. In investing, there are no umpires to call strikes on me. So essentially, I'm in a no-called strike business, which is the best business to be in. I can look at a thousand different companies, think baseball pitches, and I don't have to be right on all of them or even 50 of them. I can simply pick the ball I want to hit. The trick to investing is to watch pitch after pitch go by and wait for the right one in your sweet spot. And if people are yelling, swing, you bum, you ignore them. Over the years, you develop filters and set up a circle of competence. I stay within that circle of competence, and I don't worry about things outside that circle. Defining what your game is, where you'll have an edge, is enormously important. People weren't yelling, swing, you bum, that they were urging Warren to invest in technology stocks during the dot-com boom of the late 90s. However, Warren knew that tech stocks were outside his circle of competence and would not have an advantage. When the dot-com crash occurred, Berkshire Hathaway was in a strong position because Warren had remained focused on waiting for the pitches that would be in his sweet spot. Shortly after meeting Bill Gates, Gates' father asked Warren and Bill to write down the one word that would best describe what had helped them the most in their careers. Warren explains what happened next. Bill and I, without any collaboration, both wrote the word focus. While focus has always been a strong part of my personality, if I get interested in something, I get really interested. If I get interested in a new project, I want to read about it, I want to talk about it, and I want to meet people involved in it. I can't tell you the color of the walls of my bedroom or living room. I don't have a mind that relates to the physical universe well, but the business universe I believe I understand relatively well. I do like to sit and think 
While this can be unproductive, it's enjoyable. Buffett has been famously quoted as saying, Our investment philosophy borders on lethargy. Buffett knew early in his career the impossibility of making thousands of right investment decisions. He knew that he would be wrong. To stack the odds in his favor, he kept to his center of competence and in baseball terms, swung for the fences on a few investment decisions that he was most certain about, then held them for the long term. Buffett owes roughly 90% of his wealth to 10 investments. Part of this is also a result of Buffett's not-to-do list strategy, as Mike Flint, Buffett's longtime pilot, discovered. Flint served four U.S. presidents. Flint and Buffett were discussing career goals, and Buffett asked Flint to perform a simple exercise, one Buffett had found helpful in achieving some of his greatest accomplishments. He kindly asked Flint to grab a pen and paper, then follow these instructions. Write down your top 25 career goals on a single piece of paper. Circle your top five. Put the top five on one list and the remaining 20 on a second list. Flint now had two lists in front of him, the top five list and the remaining top 20 list. Buffett asked him what he planned to do with the items on the list. Flint said he would immediately start working on the top five items. And what about the other list? Buffett inquired. Flint responded that the other 20 items were still important to him, so he would chip away at the other 20 items when time allowed. This makes sense. While these were good options Flint wanted to accomplish, they just didn't make his top five. Buffett's response? No, you've got it all wrong, Mike. Everything you didn't circle just became your void at all cost list. No matter what, these things get no attention from you until you've succeeded with your top five. It comes down to this. Would you rather be carrying around 20 half-completed items or finish five major ones? This was a nice reminder to me, as this was essentially the reason I'd started this focus project. I was trying to parallel process too many things and was never completing them. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos' two-pizza rule for meetings. Whether you work at a business, hospital, nonprofit, or school, unfocused meetings can sap productivity. American companies have an estimated 11 million meetings every single day. Jeff Bezos believes that all it takes is one bad attitude in a meeting to drain all the energy out of the room. To combat wasted time and energy in meetings, Bezos developed the two-pizza rule one that helps him schedule only worthwhile meetings. Despite the rule's name, there's no real pizza involved. The rule means that Bezos will not schedule or attend any meetings where two pizzas can't feed the entire group. Essentially, the more people in a meeting, the higher potential for a dramatic decrease in productivity. Reduce the size of your next meeting. Pizza is optional. This is Anna Maria with this week's five-star review from EEBell78. So relevant. I don't know what it is, but every time I listen to one episode, it always feels so relevant and I take away so much positivity and ideas for reframing concepts I've learned growing up. I love all the formats like 7 Tips and especially like the longer interviews with subject matter experts. I love their positivity and storytelling. Equalman is spreading amazing energy and I love it. Thank you, EEBell78, for your review. The best way for others to discover our Super You podcast is by listening and posting a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the Super You podcast. Thanks again, EEBell78, for listening and for your awesome review. Dumping Grounds 
In our homes, we all have personal dumping grounds for items we are not ready to discard, but don't know where they should go. My dumping ground is in our master closet. This is my dumping ground. My dad's dumping ground was always around his lounge chair. There were literally hundreds of magazines and other items towering near his chair. It was time to tackle my dumping ground. Starting in the back of the closet, I began sifting through boxes of old mementos. It was very time consuming as each item brought up a specific memory, causing my mind to drift to faraway places. Without a system, the exercise of cleaning my closet would take months, if not years. Remembering that most successful people aren't smarter than we are, they just have better systems, I realized I needed a system. The system I came up with for memories and mementos was to ask two questions. The first question was, in 20 years, am I going to want this? Will I actually miss it if my wife accidentally discards it? And the second question I asked myself, in 40 years, if I give this to my daughters, will they want it? 95% of the time, the answer to these two questions is no. For clothing, the system was even simpler. If I've not worn it in the past 11 months, donate it. Can someone else benefit from this? Speedily donate it. Is it useful for Halloween? Keep it. Saving my clothing for a special occasion? Not doing it. As it relates to number three above, saving my clothing for a special occasion, I had a pair of white shorts that I loved but rarely used since I didn't want to get them dirty. I'd only wear them on special occasions. Guess what? They went out of style. I should have worn them. My new model became wear your best every day. Also, if we have a favorite shirt that fits perfectly, we're always going to wear that over the average shirt that fits so-so. We need to buy more of these same shirts and donate the clothes we aren't using to charity. Staying organized positively influences our mental and physical health. A little tidying up goes a long way. One study shows that people working in an organized space for just 10 minutes were twice as likely to choose an apple over a candy bar come snack time. Those working in an untidy space were more likely to reach for the candy bar. When our brain feels cluttered or stressed, a cluttered desk equals a cluttered mind, our body tends to crave comfort foods that help alleviate this stress. A study in personality and social psychology bulletin reported that women showed significantly higher levels of depression and fatigue when their cluttered homes were full of unfinished projects. The Journal of Neuroscience indicates that a task as simple as decluttering our desk can significantly improve our work performance and health. The three-minute rule. Any action that takes less than three minutes to declutter, do it. It's liberating to embrace the phrase, less than three will set you free. Some have a one-minute rule or a two-minute rule. In my case, there isn't much in my life that I can get done in this short amount of time. Far too often, we postpone something that takes less than three minutes to complete. The three-minute rule will help set you free. What happens when we don't perform these small tasks? One, we forget it. It never pops back into our mind, and it later causes problems. For example, turning off our water pipes so they don't freeze, responding to an important email, sending a quick thank you text, dropping a Valentine's Day card into the mailbox. Number two, we can't forget about it. It's there, nagging and draining mental capacity for the task at hand. Third, if it's a quick win and we don't do it, consider it a long loss. For example, if it'll take me three minutes to remove a giant weed from the yard, that's my quick win. But if I don't do it and see it day after day as it continues to grow and other weeds start to spawn, it becomes a long loss. 
Many save items for their children or grandchildren, including china, desks, chairs, paintings, and the list goes on. When my grandparents moved from their house to the assisted living facility, they were shocked that our family didn't want any of their things. Instead, everyone in my family wanted our grandparents' memories and mementos, photographs, family heirlooms, but nobody wanted their stuff. So if you've been saving something for someone, ask them today if they actually want it. Consider A, if they do want it, give it to them now, and B, if they cannot see wanting it, immediately donate to charity, sell it at a garage sale, or auction it online. Examples of three-minute actions. A photograph someone emailed you that you intend to print, print it. Wash your smoothie glass out immediately. Caked on smoothie takes three times as long to clean. Pick up the shirt on the floor. Put the timer in the electrical socket for the holiday lights. Write that thank you email. Reorder your contact lenses or medical prescription before they run out. Put new batteries in your garage door opener. Wipe down the maple syrup outside the jar and unclog the sugar glut at the pour spout. Unsubscribe from an email list instead of just deleting it. You can always resubscribe. You won't. Replace the light bulb. One caveat to the three-minute rule. Three-minute tasks are in abundance. Prepare yourself by combining the time-protecting and time-fencing techniques with the three-minute rule. The three-minute rule works, and that's why it's one of my favorite parts of the day. I'll put on my calendar 21 minutes for the three-minute rule. It's exactly as it sounds. For that 21-minute block, I tackle only those tasks that take three minutes or less. David Allen in his best-selling book, Getting Things Done, suggests we can also apply the three-minute rule concept to our goals and habits. Starting a new habit should take less than three minutes. Can all of your goals be accomplished in less than three minutes? Obviously not. But every goal can be started in three minutes or less, and that's the purpose behind this little rule. Leaders don't say, let's get ready. They say, let's get started. While this strategy may sound too basic for your grand life goals, I beg to differ. It works for any goal because of one simple reason, the physics of real life. Sir Isaac Newton taught us that objects at rest tend to stay at rest and objects in motion tend to stay in motion. This is just as true for humans as it is for falling apples. People in motion tend to stay in motion. The three-minute rule works for big goals as well as small goals because of inertia. Once you start doing something, it's easier to continue doing it. I love the three-minute rule because it embraces the idea that all sorts of good things happen once we get started. Want to become a better writer? Start by writing one sentence, and you'll often find yourself writing for an hour. Want to eat healthier? Take one bite of a carrot, and you'll often find yourself inspired to make a healthy salad as well. Want to make reading a habit? Read the first page of a new book, and before you know it, the first three chapters have flown by. Well, I hope you're staying in motion during this quarantine. Heck, you might be listening to this while you're working out, while you're running, while you're walking, whatever it may be. I hope the Super You podcast is helping you out. I also let us know, are you finding it enjoyable to get the free version? We're giving this away free. This is the audible version of the new book, The Focus Project. We thought it'd be nice for all the support you've given us, given me specifically over the years. We, I just thought it'd be a nice thing to give you this book for free in pieces on the Super You podcast. So please let us know if it's helping you out. And I hope that this week that you start doing what Warren Buffett does. You have your circle of competence. Or maybe you do the two pizza rule like Jeff Bezos. 
and remembering that things in motion tend to stay in motion. And last but not least, practice the three-minute rule today. If you see something in your house that'll take three minutes or less to complete, go ahead and complete it. It'll give you that satisfaction. I know it. I know it did for me when I was going through my own personal focus project. Anyways, this is Equal Man saying thank you so much and reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you.